Spoiler warning. The following discussion will contain spoilers. We recommend checking out the movie first, then coming back to hang with us. But if you don't care about that, glad to have you here. Alright everybody, welcome back to the 25 Days of Real Christmas, a series where we review some old and new holiday favorite films. My name's Kevin, and I'm John, and we are the Real Movie Guys. On today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at The Nightmare Before Christmas. Jack Skellington, King of Halloween Town, discovers Christmas Town, but his attempts to bring Christmas to his home causes confusion. Now John, this is a classic favorite for me. I, I think... When I was younger, I'll give you a short, fun little anecdote. I went to private school in my younger days. I was one of those kids. Yeah, I know. I was one of those kids. Surprise, surprise, right? I'll say this. If you liked Nightmare Before Christmas, you were automatically an outcast. It wasn't the most popular film to like as a young kid, especially, you know, in that age range there, where you were considered different, you were considered odd. I do like to point out that now, Nightmare Before Christmas is a huge marketing tool. (laughs) <laughs> you can't go into a Hot Topic, a, a Spencer's Gifts, a, a Disney store without this movie being at the forefront and center nowadays. Right. It's that it's... popular that this movie is way more mainstream than I think it actually wanted to be. Ooh, Jack, you made wounds ooze and flesh crawl. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> this, this movie is so popular that they overlay the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Every year for Christmas and Halloween with this And movie. that should tell you something. That's the Haunted Mansion, right? That's got some Disney legacy there. The fact that they go in there and they're willing to alter it just to, you know, satisfy the, the Nightmare Before Christmas fan base, that should speak volumes for how much Disney loves this movie. I think the whole irony is, is Disney didn't really want this movie. It was like a long time coming. It took Tim Burton a long time in his longer than you would think in his career to get this film out and not even that it's kind of like a a anti-establishment letter to disney because it takes the disney themes and just says no that's 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 too uncool we're gonna be the dark we're gonna be like disney's dark edgy cousin and night before christmas succeeds on every single level in my opinion from when it came out back in 1993 to now this movie looks just as good if if not better, because I can, in my older age, I can marvel at the technical accomplishments that were made in the making of this film. Just because I cannot see it, doesn't mean I can't believe it! You know, I think this Christmas thing is not as tricky as it seems, and why should they have all the fun? It should belong to anyone, not anyone in fact, but me, why I can make a Christmas tree, and there's no reason I can find I couldn't have a Christmas time! I bet I could approve it too, and that's exactly what and we talked about tim burton before right we talked about beetlejuice i said beetlejuice was if not maybe my favorite tim burton movie this is probably a tie in all honesty i I love beetlejuice i love that movie so much therefore christmas is right there with it in my opinion as far especially as far as tim burton films are concerned it just has so much to do with how well it's done and how connect with everybody What's the first thing we talk about right off the bat has to be the stop motion. Everything in this movie is amazingly handcrafted. This time, this time, it's Christmas, Christmas, it's almost here, and we can't wait. So ring the bells and celebrate, because when the full moon starts 
like I said, it partners with, like you were kind of saying, Tim Burton's art style. If you've ever seen any of Tim Burton's work, it's very irregular. Maybe that's the best adjective to describe it. It doesn't look normal, his work. Everything is very angular, very unsettling at times, just very awkward. And everything they made in this movie, every character, every background, everything matches his work down to a T. Examples I like to bring up are just the, the colors that they use. For Christmas Town, we get all these bright, beautiful colors, the white backdrop with the, the snow and the greens and the, the colored lights. Every color that you can think of is thrown in there. Compared to that, we go to Halloween Town. Halloween Town, and I, I've seen this when they've talked in documentaries about it, they, they only could use four colors. In Halloween Town, he said that was his only note when they were building the sets and building the characters. They could really only use four main colors for the Halloween Town. They can only use black, white, orange, and a little bit of green. That's all. That's all they were allowed to use in Halloween Town to put it together. Otherwise, you know, they wanted him to. He wanted all those colors axed, and well, that comes I across, think- right? That comes across, especially with just just. Just everything. I mean, and then you go to the real world where the coloring is just kind of minute, right? Everything's kind of faded, kind of dull. Because you have to wonder, is that how Tim Burton views the real world at times? Where everything's kind of dull and boring? And then all these other worlds have these more extreme just designs overall. I saw on Prop Culture, they show a couple of the props and stuff for this movie. And I think it's Danny Elfman. He says that he gets recognized so much for his role in this movie and everything. Not for uh, says, Ongo Bongo or whatever. When he, when he was in Weird Science, he was the lead singer in that band. I guess people uh, don't talk about that. That was a weird no. fact. Did you know that? <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I heard that on that too. <laughs> weird Science. Yeah, that's Danny Elfman for all you people at home in case you were, in case you were wondering. <laughs> but even like Danny Elfman was saying, like this is all Tim Burton. It is. This is all his creative idea. This was everything to do with him. He's like, I get a lot of credit for it. But he goes, every time someone talks about this movie... He goes, I immediately go to Tim Burton. I mean, and it's just, I, I, I agree. And I disagree with that. I think there was a lot. I mean, you can't deny Tim Burton's the spark. If anything, he's not the director of this movie. That's always like the common misconception. A lot of people have Henry Selleck is actually the director. Tim Burton was only a producer on this movie. He didn't have time to do this because he was working on Batman returns. So he said, all right, I got Henry Selleck's a close friend. He actually, when they were in Disney, because, again, another here little fun fact, uh, Tim Burton was a Disney animator for a couple of years. He worked under the internship program. Him and a bunch of other people that he worked with actually went and worked together on Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, Henry Selleck was actually one of those people who was also doing, like, two shifts, I believe. He was an art animator on Batman Returns, working on character design and whatnot over there. And he was directing Nightmare Before Christmas all at the same time, so... Good for him. That, that's crazy double duty to work on two major films like that. But I, I think it's a joint effort overall. And I have some things I'll talk about later that I think really add to that. But, you know, Tim Burton, of course, is the brainchild. His designs, he was in charge of coming up with the designs, right? Everything was his his notebook, essentially. Minus Sally, I think, had some alterations that kind of his original idea wasn't the one that they really went with. Uh, there was another one they went with later. But overall, all the monster creature designs, you know, as unsettling and creepy as they are, some of them, if you really look at them, the, the kid with the stitched eyes closed really creeps me out for some reason. There goes Christmas. <laughs> I feel like nobody really talks about that one. That one's definitely one of the creepiest ones for me. Even the clown with the tearaway face. I am the clown with the tearaway face. 
Like there's just just weird things in this movie, but but they all work. But look, I'm getting that they all they all came from his notebook. But you really got to give a credit to those sculptors, the people that really sat there and had to make those things come to life. Everything in this world feels like his art style, and everything connects like a puzzle. You're putting a puzzle together, and each piece is fitting in perfectly. That's what this movie feels like. Nothing really feels out of place. There's one character that tonally does, which we'll again we'll talk about a little bit later. But overall. Everything feels like it lives and breathes in this world perfectly. And I think a lot of that has to do with, like, the puppeteers and the craftsmen just bringing that art style. I mean, Tim Burton, you can draw whatever you want, and that's great. But those craftsmen are really the people that lifted this movie beyond what it should be in any respect. Here, let me show you. Oh yeah, and some of the puppeteers' work is just amazingly done, and some of it still holds up today. Like even as old as this movie is, a '93 film, when I watch it now, I don't expect it to be as good as it is. You could definitely see some things here and there. Some of the limited effects they use kind of show through a little bit, and some of like the joints are a little more apparent. The more high def that you get, I think, in the making of the movie. But overall, if you're not like looking for it, you're not going to find those errors in this movie it's phenomenal and remarkable that this movie still holds up and i think a lot of it has to do with we've talked about practical effects on this channel i've talked about it to nauseam on this channel to be clear this movie's the perfect example of that for the most part like what 98 percent of everything in this movie is actually there you're actually seeing it it's not animated it's something that's physically there that's moving and that just adds so many layers to it. It's unimaginable, and, and, and quite frankly, it's beautiful, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Just the, the shots that they, they catch in this movie are phenomenal. Just the camera work is above average, you could say, for a Disney movie. The silhouettes are just remarkable. I mean, the character of Jack's design, I absolutely love. He could have just been a simple skeleton man, right? He could have just been whatever, just a normal skeleton-looking guy. But no, he's exaggerated. Who with the slightest little effort of my ghost-like charms I have seen grown men give out a shriek. With the wave of my hand in a well-placed mode, I have swept the very bravest off their feet. His silhouette. If you see Jack's silhouette behind the moonlight, you know it's Jack Skellington. And since I am dead, I can take off my head to recite Shakespearean quotations. No animal, no man can scream like I can with the fury of my recitations. Every single time. He's kind of got that look like, like a Mickey Mouse or a Batman or one of those characters. I think that's why Tim Burton works so well with Batman because he had such an established silhouette that he could play with. Jack Skellington's kind of like the same thing. If When you see that character, his long legs, his spider-like movements that are slick and unsettling, but warm and friendly at the same time in a weird way. But look, there's nothing underneath. No ghouls, no witches here to scream and scare them or ensnare them. Only little cozy things secure inside their dreamland. <sighs> What's this? It just all plays and works extremely well together. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of that goes into not just the animators and the puppeteers and everything that comes along with it. It's the voice acting. The voice acting is phenomenal in this movie when we get it. You can argue there's not a lot of it, for sure, but the actual... I'm not saying singing. There's a lot of singing, so I'm kind of separating the two. We get 
Catherine O'Hara, who I love, I couldn't tell. We've already talked about her like three times so far. I think this month she just keeps popping up. You know, she did a great job as Sally. Like she really brought that character to Sally to life, who was added in later and given a bigger role. Her foil to Jack Skellington was really brought to life. Jack, I know how you feel. You also had uh, Chris Sarandon who does the voice of Jack Skellington. He doesn't do the singing for Jack Skellington. That's actually done by Danny Elfman. Uh, but Chris does a really great job of playing this, like, intrigued Jack Skellington who wants something more, and that really comes across, in my opinion. There's got to be a logical way to explain this Christmas thing. acting spectacular the plot and pacing in this film always keep up do you feel like the movie's always moving right i feel like we're never stopping it has that perfect pacing for a musical where sometimes when you watch a musical it's a bit slow like there's scenes where everyone's talking for a while then a song comes up even disney can be accused of that i feel like at times where you're kind of just waiting for the next song where you're just waiting for that next big disney moment this movie i feel like balances that very well in my opinion to where even though there's little bits of dialogue in between it doesn't overshadow the vocal performances everything feels very even and very well paced oh yeah definitely especially the weird thing that i felt with this movie too was i've almost always have watched it like seen the movie on um, tv like mm -hmm. cable tv or stuff right and i never actually realized how short this movie really is because you know on cable like they always yeah. make it like there's a thousand commercials sure or whatever. this is a very and short like, movie right yeah like this movie's not that long at all and like just sitting down and watching the whole thing from like without any commercials or anything the movie's so much better in that way and it's always good but it's, it's so short that i sh was shocked it's short and concise short it exactly it's very short very concise it knows the story it's telling and it's getting, it's going right through it, giving you the plot points. It's not messing around. Coming in at an hour, 16 minutes or so, it, it really hits that point home to where it's telling you the story. It knows exactly what it wants to talk about. And you got to give it praise for that. I mean, especially in an age where we get a lot of overbloated movies, especially animated movies, sometimes just really outstay their welcome. And I think this is the most beautiful thing. And you can't talk about this movie without it is the music. More so than anything else, I think the music elevates this to ridiculous heights danny elfman just captures everything that you want about the character jack he wasn't supposed to sing the songs he was actually against singing a lot of the music in this movie but tim burton actually talked him into keeping his voice you know in the soundtrack and being the singer for jack skellington i don't believe what's happening to me my hopes my dreams my fantasy. <laughs> Hence why we got a different actor for, you know, his other normal speaking performances. Danny Elfman just really brings this range. A lot of it is, too, he's spoken interviews about this where he actually related to Jack on like a deeper level. So I wonder if that really comes out more in his vocal performance, because a lot of Jack's journey is just being fed up with your current life and looking for something greater. And Danny Elfman said the same thing about his life at that time. Oh, somewhere deep inside of these bones and emptiness began to grow. There's something out there far from my home. A longing that I've never 
had the big hit with weird science and then he was just he was done with the rock star life he wanted to move on he was looking for that next great venture there's an empty place in my bones that calls out for something unknown the fame and praise come year after year does nothing for these ends that added like an emotional level almost to Jack's songs to where everything feels very real and raw and emotional and I know again it's just an animated movie Kevin you're getting all sappy you're getting all weird it is it's just such a deep level that you connect with this character it, it feels it transcends a normal Disney character in my opinion and I think this is the most telling of a good musical if you sit down and just listen to the music from beginning to end you don't need to hear the dialogue in between to understand the story that's being told you can tell this whole story by just listening to the soundtrack And if that's not a feat to be commended, I don't know what is, because that's that's incredibly impressive to where you can get that story across with such emotion that I don't need you to just stop the movie and tell me about it. You just sang about it, and I totally know what you're feeling and what you're getting at. My dearest friend, if you don't mind, I'd like to join you by your side, where we can gaze and sit together now and forever for it is plain as anyone can see we're simply meant I agree. I also agree with you too when you're saying Danny Elfman felt something with this character, like he saw himself kind of in it. Right. I think you can feel that in the tones of what he brings to this. I feel like if you yourself are acting as a character or mm -hmm. portraying a character, right. if you can actually feel for this character in that kind of way or understand what they're going through, I feel like that always helps their performance and it makes it even more, I guess you would say, in touch with it. It right. makes it even better. It elevates than it. it. Simply put, it elevates the, the material beyond belief. You believe what the character's saying. And between the motion that they use with the stop, the animators animating him and, you know, using the stop motion, it comes across just brilliantly. And just to be able to tell a story in such a powerful way is honestly is quite brilliant. One of my favorite scenes is actually the graveyard scene when Jack's in the graveyard and he's lamenting about everything that just happened. He's talking about, you know, how he failed. At Christmas, he messed everything up. What have I done? Find a deep cave to hide in. In a million years, they'll find me only dust and a plaque that reads, Here lies poor old. 
didn't turn out the way he wanted to. And then he's like, oh, well. Well, what the heck? I went and did my best. And my God, I really tasted something swell. And for a moment, why, I even touched the sky. And at least I left some stories they can tell. I did. I did my best, you know. I'm going to move on. I, I know who I am now. I, I tried something new. It didn't work out. But that's okay. Like, my life's going to go on, and I can still exceed at what I know I, I can do in my heart. I felt just like my old bony self again. And I... Jack! The Pumpkin King! That's right! I am the Pumpkin King! <laughs> and I just can't wait until next Halloween! Cause I've got some new ideas that will really make them scream! And by God, I'm really going to give it all my might! And that's a pretty powerful message for such a dark, spooky movie. <laughs> it really is there, and you can really read the room and feel it. Other things, and like we've said before, this is just very different than most of Disney's offerings, especially maybe more so at that time. Even now, I would argue, this this movie's definitely darker than a lot of things we've seen from Disney. Even Frankenweenie, which we touched out earlier on this channel, in some ways isn't as dark as this movie, because this movie's just dark from beginning to end. When Disney came out, the animated, frankly, they, they were hoping to get that success with that film. Didn't happen, obviously. It wasn't nearly as good as this. Everything about this is unique. And I think if you're looking for the ultimate Danny Elfman movie and um, Tim Burton movie, that the two of them together, like if you want to find out what defines their style between vocalist slash music performer and then director slash animator, this is the movie. Right? This is what a lot of people in the industry, our age, younger, older, whatever the case is, they found some kind of, I feel like, inspiration from this movie. A lot of people, you go back and ask them, like, what was your favorite animated movie? And I think it's a lot of it in our age group. A lot of them say now Nightmare Before Christmas. Back then, they weren't so keen on saying that, looking at all you. But it still holds up. It really does. This is just a classic. And the story has just so much to do with that, too. How brilliant is that idea? That stupid idea. Just take Halloween and Christmas, and what happened if they met each other? You don't need to have another worry about Christmas this year. What? 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 Consider this a vacation, Sandy. A reward. It's your turn to take it easy. What happened if one discovered the other one and they were actually worlds? How stupid is that idea, but how ingenious is it at the same time? And I do have one important question for you, John. When it comes right. to this movie, and this is the big hot question, this is the big one everybody asks, when should you watch this movie? Should you watch it on Halloween? Should you watch it on Christmas? Or is there another time you should watch this film? What would you consider this movie more? Now, we're reviewing it, obviously, in our real Christmas series, so I put it into the Christmas category. But I could have put it just when we did our real terror month. I think it'd go either place. But John, in your heart of hearts, where do you think this movie really lands? Halloween movie or Christmas movie? I guess I'd go Christmas. Okay. I feel like more of it is taking place during Christmas than it right. is Halloween. So that's why I would go with Christmas. It's tough. Than Halloween. It's a really tough because you got a classic Halloween song and you have a classic Christmas song essentially in this movie. You have This Is Halloween. Which this is Halloween. This is Halloween. Halloween, pumpkins scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween, everybody make a scene, trick or treat. Tell the neighbors gonna die of fright. Which is, god, that's 
it's an amazing song for for Halloween. And then you have what's this? What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. Which works as a classic Christmas song. I've heard that played on myriads of Christmas playlists. It just comes through. And you know what? I'm going to cop out here. I watched this movie in November. So I get the best of both worlds. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. Kevin, you didn't decide. I did decide. I threw this on in November. That's when I watched this movie. Before we wrap up, though, there are just two little things I, I just want to bring up. That they're kind of negatives. So I wouldn't say they're necessarily negatives, but they're things that I've noticed over my rewatching of this movie through the years that I thought I'd share with you guys. I think the side characters in some instances seemed a little bit shelved in some ways. Like we don't get as much time as I really would have liked, which, you know, maybe that attributes to the hour, 16 minute runtime. I'm not too sure. I do wish we got a little more, more time and a little more engagement with some of the characters, but you can make the argument, you know, this is Jack's story. So do they really matter in the grand scheme of things? I guess not, but you know, again, it's something that you could just acknowledge. Like I noticed really like how much this really just is Jack Skellington's movie. Everybody else is kind of just, just living in it. That that's really what this feels like. Not that it's a bad thing. That's just something, you know, I've noticed, I think more, the more times I've watched it. And the last thing, which I've noticed more and more kind of just, it's made, it's gotten to my attention where out of all the characters in this movie, there's only one that really does truly seem out of place. And that's Oogie Boogie. Oogie Boogie for me overall just doesn't mesh with everything else that happens in this movie. Everything, we have Halloween Town, we got the Christmas Town thing, we got the real world, and then we have Oogie Boogie. I mean, not that he doesn't work, he's just, he, he's just tonally out of place with this movie. Well, 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 what have we here? Santa Claus, huh? Ooh, I'm really scared! So you're the one everybody's talking about! <laughs> we have that on the riverboat gangster singing the songs and, you know, having the gambling machines and... Oh, sound of rolling dice to me is music in the air! Cause I'm a gambling boogeyman, although I don't play fair! I don't know how that works in the Halloween Town universe. Like, I know he's the boogeyman, he does what he wants, but I don't know how the gambling theme really fits into Halloween. It just seems kind of strange. When you really, like, sit down and think about it, I don't know how he fits in there. And also, the Jack fight with Oogie Boogie isn't the most compelling thing. I mean, it's cool, especially the way they animated it. Like, good for them for doing all that work with the stop motion, with the swinging swords. <laughs> gun shooting and him fighting oogie boogie i feel like it was just that if anything this movie was trying to be unconventional dizzy that felt the most conventional disney to where the bad there had to be some kind of bad guy to where jack had to defeat him and save the day how dare you treat my friend so shamefully <laughs> That was probably the only conventional thing that was really done in this movie. To It kind of stands out, in, in my opinion. There's just nothing wrong with him. He just, he stands out, if, in my opinion. I don't know if you agree or not, but he just, especially the whole, his whole theme doesn't fit into that Halloween universe. Like, you have the trick-or-treaters, you have the mayor with the spin-top head, and you have vampires, the werewolves, creature from the Black Lagoon, got that axe in his head who's like a zombie, Mr. F uh, Frankenstein, you know, Finkelstein. Sally, who's like a, a come-to-life marionette. And then you have a gambling sack of worm bug things. 
again, it's just an observation, not meant to be a dig. I, I love the character. I love the Oogie Boogie, Boogie song. Things. I think it's often. I love the Snake Eyes scene. I don't know. It always makes me laugh. One more roll of the dice. Ought to do it. <laughs> what? Snake Eyes? Eleven. Every time I roll a Snake Eyes and we play like a board game or something, I think of Oogie Boogie. It's hard not to. Like, what? Snake Eyes? And he slams his hand. Love it. Love the character. Just, again, over the years, I guess when I was younger, it wasn't something I really cared for or looked for just to see. But you have to admit, he is a little out of place. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> that being said, I think we're ready to give our final scores. I'm going to give The Nightmare Before Christmas an A+. Surprised, aren't you? I knew you would be. Classic movie. It's a masterpiece. What can I say? I love The Nightmare Before Christmas. I love everything about it, from the music to the art style. It has everything I could ever want in a movie. It really is near perfect. It's a near perfect masterpiece, in my opinion. I'd argue for you to find another Disney movie that really carries the same weight as this. While this movie will always be looked at as like the dark, creepy cousin of Disney in some respects. I feel like when you talk to like animator snobs and stuff like that, they won't really like they'll they'll talk about Nightmare Before Christmas, but it's not on the same level as maybe some other Disney classics. And maybe there's something to be said there. I don't know. But in my opinion, Nightmare Before Christmas is a is a Christmas slash Halloween and if you're me, November classic. <laughs> John? Oh where do you stand God, with this film? I give this movie easily an A. Haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill toward men? No! <laughs> like, the whole movie is just great, and I feel like I also find it almost ironic in a way how when this movie first came out, so many people were like, oh, it's a terrible movie, oh, it's not good. Yeah. And then nowadays, everybody's like, oh, I love this movie all since I was a kid. Yeah. And you're kind of like wondering, like, who are the true, like, people that liked it, and who are the people that Me. are... Hundred percent like me jumping on the bandwagon. <laughs> me who had his little Jack Skellington action figure back in the day when he was in grade school. Just saying, somebody I was, was right, kids. <laughs> and somebody was like, "Hey, you're a loser for liking that movie." Or when you bring the movie in, they have like the show and tell day, and you show that movie, and everyone's like, "Look at that weirdo trying to show Nightmare Before Christmas." Kevin having his little VHS tape waving it, waving it in front of the other kids. <laughs> It's a good movie, guys. If you haven't seen it, like we've said before, what the hell are you doing? Go check it out. Night Before Christmas is a classic. Just watch it as soon as you can. All right, John, where can the people find us at home? You can find us over on YouTube. The Real Movie Guys on YouTube. Like this if you like this movie. Tell us your opinion on this movie. Were you one of the original ones? Or did you just slowly crawl into something that you liked? You can also tell us on Twitter, at The Real Movie Guy on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Let us know. Maybe is this one of your top favorite movies? Do you also we'll pose to you the question that Kevin gave. Do you consider this a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Let us know. You could also listen to us on many podcasting platforms such as. Yes, for your listening pleasure. We are also available in podcast form at iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, Overcast, Breaker, Radio Public, and Pocket Casts. Be sure to give us a listen at any of those fine places if you already are right now. Hey, greatly appreciate it. Just search out Real Movie Guys. We should pop right up. Thank you all again so much for joining us for this episode of The Real Review. My name's Kevin. That guy over there, he's John. We are your Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. And don't forget to tune in all this month for the holiday festivities. Continue during the 25 days of Real Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. We'll catch you next time. 